You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we are back with a long-awaited Film Friday. Yeah. Well, long-awaited for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of. And this one's been on the list for a little while, too. Exactly. And to be honest, I... I feel like I was less familiar with this movie than I thought I was when we sat down to watch mm-hmm. it again. Same here. Yeah. I sat down thinking to myself, like, I swear I've seen this movie before, but I didn't recognize anything. And then all of a sudden there were some parts where I was like, he's playing with the mashed potatoes. I remember this scene. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, today we are talking about none other than Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. A couple of our listeners' favorite film, they've said. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got um, Christina. She mm-hmm. was raving about it as soon as we posted that picture of yeah. the spaceship. And it is a great movie. We, <laughs> it really it, is. Yeah. It actually was designated as, I believe, a... Oh, my gosh, it was like... The U.S. Library of Congress designated it, like, a, a hallmark masterpiece in, really? in cinematography and film. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like one of their exhibits or something, and you know, they keep a copy of it locked away. Interesting. keeping. I did not know that. Yeah. So this movie was um, produced and, di- or sorry, yeah, produced and directed by uh, Steven Spielberg. It was a 1977 film. Mm-hmm. Long um, anticipated for him, though, too. Like, he dreamed about this movie growing up. He actually even at one point considered doing a low-budget documentary on believers of the UFO phenomena. This was Um, better. (laughs) It was, yeah. There was another sort of plot he came up with, too. I was just reading on, it's just Wikipedia, like, trivia. But apparently he, he proposed there was one scene in a very early version of the script where he had UFOs landing in, like, um... The boulevard, I don't remember which boulevard, it was some major boulevard mm. of uh, West California, and <laughs> someone just told him, it's like, Steve, no, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I'm glad they did, because I think uh, I think this version came out a lot better, hey? I agree. I like the, the rural setting for it. Definitely. Not mm-hmm. like Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or no. these big cities. No, it's no, uh, yeah, Indiana. rural Indiana, that, yeah. which is really cool. Totally. So how does it kind of start then? Well, essentially, we follow Roy Neary. Um, well, actually, we follow a few characters. We follow Barry and Jillian, his mother. So Barry is the notorious little boy that goes missing about halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, we're following these characters and their experiences and life-changing experiences after they encounter these supposed unidentified flying objects in that one very pivotal scene at the basically start of the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. before that... I, f- I love this. This was almost like a classic Spielbergian moment. It reminded me of Indiana Jones. It's very adventure-y, you know what I mean? Like at the very start of the movie, the opener, yeah. where they're essentially in the Sonoran Desert. And uh, it's it's that group of French scientists, it's French and American, there's, there's two teams. Mm-hmm. And they essentially discover that fleet of um, mysteriously reappeared planes that had disappeared long ago during the war. 
and the pilots remain missing, but the planes are in pristine condition. Right. Yeah. Just and they make that comment, right? Like, the guy comes up, he's like, these things look brand new, and they're like, they were, whatever, 50 years old at that From point. From the 40s, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, Bizarre. And they had disappeared in... Do-do-do! Bermuda Triangle. Mm. <laughs> we have a sort of a, sort of a Flight 19-inspired mm-hmm. situation type Totally. Deal. Actually, I wonder if that's where he got that idea from. I wonder. I'm curious. I can't remember. What was the date for that, for the Flight 19? Ooh, I'd have to pull that up again and go Ugh, listen to... Yeah. Uh, Re-listen to the Astonishing Legends series mm-hmm. on that. Shout out to Scott and Forrest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I found that to be a really good way to kind of kick it off because you weren't... I liked how they didn't start with, like, outright UFOs, right? Like, they didn't start True. with, like, a UFO sighting right away. It's like this this buildup of just something strange going on. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, these, these planes. And then, of course, there's the witness that the they're doing this, like, trifecta of languages, right? There's a Spanish guy. Or, uh, <laughs> I think they were in Chile or something in that scene. The Sonoran Desert. Is that... Where is that? That's in is the that... U.S. Oh, right. Is, did you say Sonoran <laughs> Desert? Sorry. I did. Okay, so, so, but the Sonoran Desert does cross down over the border. True, yeah. yeah. So, so we anyway. Actually, actually, we have the most northern tip of the Sonoran Desert here in Canada. That's right. In a, our valley. A Soyuz, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's a gentleman who speaks Spanish, and they're doing that little inter- interpretation, and he says, the sun came down, mm. like the sun came out. At night. At night. Mm-hmm. And he's sunburnt on half of his face. <laughs> yeah. And then he said something else, too, that was really interesting. And then the guy, the hmm. American interpreter, he's, like, walking away as he says it. And he's, like, almost, like, just bewildered by it, kind right, of. Right, yeah. And you know what else is funny? Random side note. But that American interpreter who, who could speak French, the map guy, uh-huh. he's he's the en- head of NBC in Seinfeld. Oh. It's that dude. Yes. I can't remember his character's name in Seinfeld, yes. but that's the guy. And then he gets obsessed with the lane, yes. and then he goes missing. That's the guy. And he actually ends up joining, like, what is it, that the, the Peace Corps? <laughs> yeah, something like, yeah. <laughs> He's, like, with a whaling ship. Yeah. Because they're, like, trying to stop the whalers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally didn't make that anyway, connection. Anyway, side note. Anyways, going back to the Flight 19 reference you made, that was actually in 1945. Mm. So that mm-hmm. could quite possibly have served as his original inspiration for this particular scene in the movie. I I honestly couldn't um, verify that right off Mm -hmm. the top of my head here. But yeah, so (laughs) let's go back to the whole, let's go back to Indiana and that night and what um, basically happens with this small town in the middle of nowhere is they experience like a blackout. So basically Mm -hmm. all the energy has been sucked out and that's how we meet Roy Neary, right? Because he is a local sort of electrician slash maintenance worker. Yeah, he's like an electrical engineer. Like, <laughs> just a Joe Blow. Yeah, yeah he's just know? a blue-collar, relatively blue-collar guy. The perfect nobody. In a way. Yeah. And so he kind of, like, obviously his life changes. And Barry, too. Okay, let's go over to that scene with Barry. Sure. That was probably the scariest scene in the whole movie. It reminded me of, like, um, oh my gosh, what's that movie from, like, the... Oh, it's the classic paranormal um, poltergeist. Poltergeist. That's yeah. what that scene reminded me of. Because you get toys. the toys acting up. But the creepiest part about it all wasn't the toys. It was Barry's reaction and his like yeah. his little smile. Definitely. It's so creepy, man. Oh, like yeah. kids scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Their innocence is terrifying. <laughs> because no, yeah. really, it reminded me almost like of uh, like it or something. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you and I really well Wasn't done. Was it like, Barry in that movie too? Or no, no, no. No, it was. Um, 
it was something was it? else. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, a it's something boy. with a what, like with the e sound. Same with, and then of yeah. course the mum in this movie is the mum from a Christmas story, Ralphie. <laughs> Ralphie. They couldn't use Ralphie again. They had to go with Barry. Barry. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. Soup, like he's just staring at that in that in that scene you're talking about. He's looking at presumably like the Greys. Like the aliens, mm-hmm. right? And he's smiling at them. He's like looking around the room mm-hmm. and being like, oh, this is like different and weird. And he's not afraid. Nope. Which is. Um, he ends up giggling. I loved that scene where he like, he exits the house and then you, Jillian wakes up his mom mm-hmm. and she's like, Barry, out the window. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he just like disappears into the night. And it's like that big long shot scene like from a distance, right? And it's literally just the farmhouse and a big starry night. I love that. And the, the cast of the light from the farmhouse, and then he just disappears. Yeah, the cinematography is really good. Beautiful. Does, okay, does he yeah. disappear in that first one? Not, that's no. where he just runs away, right? Well, he, he, runs he disappears away. into the night, but right, he doesn't, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and she then, ends up chasing him. Right. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course, the, the later on, when this happens again, should we jump to that now, or do you want to move, wait, and we'll get um, to that in a sec? There's one other scene that I thought was really fun about that initial um, encounter, like, you know, that initial night or whatever, and that was the... F- <laughs> The scene with Richard Dreyfus in the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with Because he's like, he's totally lost. He's in the dark, like figuratively and, you know, just um, literally speaking. <laughs> and he's there. And there's the one car that passes. He's waving them past, waving them past. And the one guy's like, you jackass, you're in the middle of the road. And then he's like, whatever, I don't care. And then, and then there's the other car that comes behind him. And he does the same thing. He waves them up. But where did the headlights go? Not around, but up. Right. <laughs> and he's like totally <laughs> clueless. That's another sort of classic Spielbergian, like humorous moment, right? Oh, totally. I and love then, that. Like his car shuts off, right? And he, um, there was another like bit of humor there too, where he's like finally settled down. And then he turns on his own flashlight and like freaks out <laughs> in the cab of the truck because he thinks it's like a tractor beam coming in, right? Yeah. That, that was, was really good. That was pretty intense. And I think they did a really good job of sort of capturing that sort of quintessential um, narrative, like encounter narrative yeah. with a UFO and the car. You know what I yes. mean? Like that. We've seen a lot of that in, in oh, the yeah. UFO lore we've covered. Definitely. So I thought that was really, um, that was really pivotal. With and, it and shutting off too, right? Like that was the key. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the ubiquitous thing. Like the, the engine just shut right off. True. And then it starts back up again once it's like gone away. And he's looking exactly. out the windshield. Mm-hmm. Of course, like for the most of this movie, we have these smaller UFOs. Like, they're waiting to see them on the road. Mm. Later on, closer to the end of the film, when they're at the top of that mountain in Utah or wherever it is. And, uh, yeah. But, there, of course, when this scene with um, with uh, with the car, yeah. there's this giant triang- uh, triangular-shaped one, like the mothership, basically. But it doesn't start that way, right? It starts no. off with, like, just the two glowing mm-hmm. orb-like light yeah. things. So it's almost like a Charlie Red Star scenario where it actually transforms shape. Right. right. But he's and, looking out and it's this massive thing. Yeah. Yeah. After. Like, because obviously that wasn't following him down the road. No. Like, it looked completely different. The lights, the set of lights, right? Unless they just did that for cinematographic purposes, right? Um, yeah. To make it look like a car. But I thought that was like, I, I saw a lot of parallels to Charlie Red Star. Even in the the fact, like, you know, when they're racing down the road in that one initial scene where Barry's in the middle of the road and he almost gets run over by Roy. Yeah. And, and then after that, quickly, there's, like, almost, like, a high-speed police chase of, like, there's, like, three or four UFOs and then that one tiny little red orb that's following them. Yeah, that's right. So we got the, the insertion of the orb. For those of you who aren't familiar, because we, we did Charlie Red Star for a Patreon episode and then... 
actually we did it even further back with uh, Rob Christofferson for mm-hmm. his Patreon. And um, it, it was a UFO case from Manitoba, 1975-76. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah, the friendly neighborhood UFO, really, mm-hmm. Charlie. So you guys should go check out our Patreon or um, Google it. And there's a really good book yeah. on it, too. Um, oh, totally, yeah. Uh, Grant, Grant something. Oh, uh, anyway, if you, if you Google, yeah, but... Google Charlie, Charlie Red Star. But anyway, this I, we think that Spielberg took some possible influence it was really close, though. Like, he was already developing the script in 1973. Oh, okay. So and it couldn't so, have been then. But he could have he could have taken, like, you know, even visuals. But I don't know. I don't know how familiar he would be with that case. That is a very interesting sort of parallel, though. Yeah. I mean, if you're interested in that type of thing, maybe he would have been no, known of it. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty famous one in Canada and then right across the border, like um, Minnesota and some of those states mm, right there. Yeah. But uh, Montana. Yeah, Montana. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. There were some other really fun moments just as far as, like, the cinematography goes and, like, the the style of Spielberg. Like, you know, just those classic scenes. Like, the one where I loved this, where, okay, you know, like, the team of French scientists and they have their interpreter, who's actually much more than an interpreter, but he just <laughs> becomes that over time. Yeah. But he's actually a, I think he calls himself a... Like a cartographer. Cartographer, yeah. He's like a map reader, a map maker mm-hmm. or whatever. And... He has this moment of epiphany about these numbers and like this this sequence that they're getting, and it seems like it's it's musical, right? Like, yeah. Um, we'll get into that in a second too. But I love that part where he has this epiphany that it's actually coordinates, right? And he's like, you know, in my other life and like my past positions, I was actually a lot more useful, and these are actually coordinates. <laughs> and so he ends up. <clears throat> leading them. It's like this classic theatrical entertaining scene where these eager scientists hungrily go to like this huge massive globe thing and they knock it off with like, you know, all this. <laughs> it reminded me of almost like a Chaplin-esque like silent movie scene. Yeah. Because it's so like dramatic and they roll it out into the hall and they're all grabbing it like, you know, and it's all this like yeah. really hilarious thing. The guy's like, that's a $2,500 globe. <laughs> yeah, multi-thousand like, dollar globe. Yeah. <laughs> they just knock it off his perch and roll it over to like where they need it and like their little weird trailer thing that's yeah. see-through. <laughs> but I thought that was really fun. And, um, okay, I need to pick your brain about that, too. Like, sure. that whole, that, the message, right? And the communications between the humans and the aliens and yeah. that specific pattern that is experienced by those people, like, you know, including Roy, Barry, that are having the visions of Wyoming and that big mountain. Right. And... The, these musical coordinates, like, that's how these aliens are communicating. Or at least um, that's how they're attempting to, anyway. Attempting to, or to find the spot, right? So they give them the coordinates for Wyoming. Right. And so that's where they end up building Going. this this super center of, like, I don't even know, like, this massive sort of platform with, like, these huge speakers and all right. this stuff. And it's like their communication location tower and stuff and, and also where <laughs> rhyme intended and, and where they end up landing like the mothership so right, to speak and right. where roy eventually kind of uh, pieces the scene mm-hmm. so it's like they were telling them i mean they needed land they needed a place to land i guess it's like I, yeah it's or they were very intentional with their with connection lo- and their their reaching out to the humans exactly yeah it's it's weird though too to me because Clearly, they've already made contact before. They end up returning the pilots in the end, and Barry. Um, so, like for me, it's like, why are they being so open about it now? Why are they attempting this new sort of framework? And what did you really think of like that? 
the musical aspect. Like, did you find that effective or just silly? At first, I kind of thought it was a little bit silly, but then, yeah. like, we watched it a second time, obviously, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes sense. Like, if you were trying to communicate with something that, like, obviously, we you would have, like, the world... It reminds me of um, Arrival. Like, you'd have, like, the world's top linguists on it, right? But, like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily be able to communicate. But sounds are universal, mm-hmm. or at least... Tones. You'd think they might be. Yeah. And they, the, the extraterrestrials are the ones like, kicking it off. Right. It's and funny, too, because they mention how, like, it's it's numbers. It's not letters. It's not words. And so for them, that's confusing. But it's kind of interesting because, obviously, numbers are, like, obviously the foundation of, like, the binary code, which yeah. is like, one of the most basic forms of... Like, when and at the end, too, like, when they're on that, uh, the top of that mountain, they start playing it faster and faster and faster, and that's what kind of gets them to show up mm-hmm. rather than just, like, slowly going through the pattern. And, of course, like, Barry's, like doing it on the xylophone because mm-hmm. he's got it just implanted in his head. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think of, like, is it just, like, a code? Like, mm-hmm. is it just, like, a... Is it something that they're just putting out there, like, almost like a, a radio signal they're just repeating over yeah, and over? Yeah. That's essentially I don't want to say, like, brainwashing because it's not, no. like, that's not the right phrase, but something like that in a mm-hmm. way, kind of, right? And yeah. also just indication that it's not a threat. I mean, anything musical or whatever like that, right? But what's the purpose? Like, I why do, do they take know. Barry? And then in the scene where they're kind of terrorizing Jillian, his mother, and Barry, he doesn't seem terrified. It's just her. Yeah. But she's like, mm. like basically, leave us alone. Like, why do they want Barry so badly? You know, that's right. a question I have. Why did they return him so soon? Right? Because he disappears and he comes back right away. Mm-hmm. Mm, and why know. do they? Yeah. There's a lot of questions. No kidding, right? That was a spooky scene, though. Like, reminds me mm. of. Uh, what was the X-Files episode with, like, Leonard Betts or whatever? Oh, with, like, God, the screw, yeah. the screw coming up. Like, <gasps> slowly the grate is starting to come undone, like, from like, beneath <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. It's very menacing. Yeah. It doesn't seem very effective. No, I like, know, right? They just, just terrify them, them into... Yeah, exactly. I don't so, but know. then half the time, the other... Not, or half, the other 99% of the time in the film, it's, uh, they're, they're portrayed as nothing but benevolent. Mm-hmm. Which is the opposite of, like, m- many contactees and um, abductees and people's third and fourth kind right. experiences are not benevolent. Very true. Exa- as we experienced, right, w- or talked about with this latest episode with Charlotte Brown and a few other examples we pulled up there, mm-hmm. the Betty and Barney Hill scenario, that sort of thing. Yeah. And we never get an explanation from any of the pilots or Barry. Obviously, you wouldn't really expect an explanation from Barry because he's a little kid. Yeah. But it, we don't get any any of the other side. All we see is the bright lights. We see this massive ship that's presumably housing thousands of aliens because it's massive. It's massive enough to hold a, a U.S. mailbox as an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was funny, that little trivia fact there. It's like um, the designers, they went all out with this. I can't remember how big the actual model was of this ship, but they have all sorts of Easter eggs like that in there. And apparently you can go see it. I can't remember where... I think it's in the National Film or Cinematography Museum Is that right? or something. Yeah, yeah, it's sitting there. So you can go and look it up. But Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to jump back to, to just to the beginning because I forgot to mention this. Mm. Um, I just thought it was interesting how he, how when the um, like air traffic control is in the room there and they're talking to the pilots who are reporting the first instance of UFOs, they're like, there's something weird up here. Like, can't, no, don't know what's going on. Right. But then they ask them at the end, it's like, do you want to report it? Mm-hmm. And like, they go to like, you know, pilot one, and it's like, nope. Like, second guy, like, wouldn't know what to report. And yeah. then, like, right? Very, and that's, again, we've heard that over and over and over again, right? Like, people don't, they would be shunned. Mm-hmm. They would be they would be totally shunned by their peers. 
Essentially, yeah. And, like, us today in 2019, to think that, like, it's not the same now, right? Like, no. there's less stigma. There still is stigma. There's a Maybe lot. Maybe even yeah. more in some circles because of, like, drones and because of fake stuff. Right, yeah. It's easy uh, to come up with. Yeah. People just think you're getting fooled. But I thought True. that was interesting. You just made it, right? And then, of course, they're in that meeting, too, when he, when there's all the witnesses. And there's that yeah. one guy that stands up. I saw Bigfoot once. I was in Utah and I saw Bigfoot. <laughs> and he made a sound I would never want to hear again. And then Dreyfus is just, like, head in hand. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, <laughs> never going to convince these people. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the classic, like, why are you going to keep the fetus in a box? And he's just like, Classic head in hand. Yep. <laughs> That's funny, too, because Roy himself, like, he he kind of wavers. Obviously, he kind of loses his mind. He does. He really does. And he tries to hold it together for a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. And uh, obviously, like, he's this is a lot of tension for his family, in particular his wife, who's, like, completely closed off to this kind of thing. She's, like, yeah. not going to entertain any of it, wants to sweep it under the rug, wants to forget it all happened, because she didn't experience any of it. No. He tried to get her out there, right? So they're in the car, and, and she doesn't even end up, all she sees is him being crazy. Yeah. So she ends up packing up her bags and leaving. That was quite the scene, hey, where he's like, he he really, oh my gosh, this was a, such a funny turnaround scene here where he's like, he's crumpling up all of his UFO like reports and all the clippings from newspapers and magazines and all the stuff. And he's like, honey, I'm over it. I'm over it. And then something triggers him. I can't remember what it is. Oh, he takes down, he's taking down his sculpture, right? The, yes. the sculpture of the mountain. He rips off the top part. And then he has the vision, and it's the exact mountain. And then he just straight up loses it. Yeah. <laughs> and starts throwing trees into his house. Dirt, shoveling dirt. Dirt and, dirt and trees. And a garbage can, I think, serves as the top of the mountain. Why Why would you have to make that in the house? I don't know. Why I not in the know. yard? I have no answer for that. I mean, the mountain <laughs> itself is outdoors. Yeah. I know. He's just, he had his spot. That's his creative space. Well, it's like Jan, right? She's like, I have my office and I have my creative space. <laughs> I can't work in my creative space. <laughs> but that was such a funny scene too. And another one of those um, over the top sort of moments where he ends up climbing on the roof of the car, or on the hood of the car. And she just ends up peeling out of there anyway. And he goes flying and yeah. all the neighbors are out watching him. And he's just like fine, I'll just be the crazy motherfucker mm-hmm. in this neighborhood. <laughs> I gotta say, like, that's not, that was not cool of her to do that. Well, no. Like, I get you're losing it, but it's like, that's not how you, that's not how you. And she never comes back. Peace the scene. She never comes back. The like, it wasn't gone. that bad. It's like, yeah, sure, he's kind of going a little crazy, but it's not like he's, mm. I mean. He's not working, though. He gets fired. Right. So that was another stressor, too. Mm-hmm. So what's she going to do? Like, it, it looked as if she wasn't the type that would be working. Well, she said right <laughs> out, straight up the line, like, I'm mm-hmm. will, i not going to get a job. Yeah, exactly. Um, why, I, I'm confused as to exactly why he was fired, though. Like, he just didn't show up to, like, what he was supposed to do that night in the truck. And he I just, think like, so. He just, yeah, he just went with the UFOs. And he just kind of abandoned his post as the gist that I got of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know. That seems extreme. Is it? <laughs> sort of. Uh, okay, let's jump to the scene in the Gobi Desert sure. with that inexplicable find of the SS Cotopaxi. Okay. So that was a ship that, similarly like the planes in the very beginning, disappeared about 50 years ago um, in, the, in the movie, of course. Yeah. In 
Bermuda Triangle. Right. I feel like we need like a, a sound bite for that. We really do. <laughs> and then it appears inexplicably in the Gobi. Love it. Along with some Mongolian deathworms? Possibly. Mm -hmm. Not a good place to just appear, really. Yeah, bizarre. It's Mm. like the ship of the desert that we were looking at in... The Mojave, lost ship. Well, the Mojave, and then also the Australian version. Oh, yeah, the mahogany ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We should cover that one. Yeah, we should, definitely. (sighs) Oh, don't sound too enthusiastic. Sorry, it's first thing in the morning. It is. We got up early to record this today so we could make sure it's up for Friday. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to get into? Obviously, Dreyfus ends up peace in the scene at the end. Yeah, let's go to the climax here. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, they end up, like, it's another sort of classic, um, I just keep saying this over and over again, but a classic sort of Spielbergian, like, plot device mm-hmm. where you have this, the hero figure, like, Roy, so to speak, and Jillian, they're kind of a duo, and they're, like, they're on the outside. He always does this, right, where they're, like, on the outside, they're, like, kind of these marauders, so to speak, or whatever, and they end up um, ascending the mountain. They yeah. end up... Um, evading all sorts of helicopters, which to me in those scenes, it's like, dude, they can, that, that sight line is there. <laughs> they can see you. <laughs> I don't know. Like that. But anyways, sure. But what are they going to do? Suspending Land, disbelief here. Um, no, they were just going to spray, right? They're spraying that sleeping powder stuff. And, oh, okay. Well, yeah. of course they told everyone it was nerve gas. True. Yeah. In the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> Not nerve gas, but that was funny too. So they're purposely, um, spreading disinformation that's another sort of classic thing related to ufo phenomena yes and then they end up making it and seeing things that they should not see the two of them at least they have the one third guy that ends up falling asleep (laughs) 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 but what did you think of that sort of um the climax and the end right and and dreyfus just relinquishing his you know earthly identity and just going with the the small little grays. I actually really liked the ending with the music and them playing the pattern faster and faster and them getting that show. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was that's like a likely scenario for like contact. Yeah. With like humans trying to have a base like that and, and, and making contact in that type of way. Mm-hmm. I was caught off guard by the ending and him leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I didn't remember that. And it was just like, you know, he's, he kind of turns around. And it's like, the, I, I think I remember it correctly. He's literally like holding the hand yeah. of the alien yeah. and being like walked into the ship. Yeah, and they're all kind of surrounding him what and gathering do, What would be possibly going through your mind? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be like, you know what? I think I'm good here on Earth. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's but the, how could you yeah. pass that up, though, if they were like, you know, seemingly benevolent um, you've been basically lost in this mystery and this, not delusion, I won't say it that, but like, you know, this weird state of non-reality, so yeah. to speak. Like he's kind of been suspended in this weird sort of state, psychological state for a period of months, mm-hmm. right? Like Barry's gone for months, him and Julian get quite close. Yeah. So he kind of gets like a... Um, like a surrogate family, so to speak, like kind you know, of. replace the one that he lost. Yeah, his and but, which is the case with a lot of abductees, right? Mm-hmm. And then people, or he wasn't an abductee till the end, so mm-hmm. just more or less. But uh, yeah, people a contactee, contactee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They band together because because mm-hmm. people don't believe them, or they kind of have to. True. Yeah. What did you think about the ending? I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you um, loved it. No, I, I I thought it was really interesting. I I didn't remember that ending at all. Like, to be honest, I'm not sure if I ever actually saw the ending before this week. But I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I liked it too. It was, it was a clean ending. 
you don't, you, like I said before, you don't really get any explanations from the people that return, which would be quite interesting, but at the same time, I get it. Like, you know, keep it mm-hmm. a little bit of mysterious allure and all that kind of stuff. And, but yeah, no, I, I definitely don't have really any complaints about it. Like, I honestly did think that the notes, the music part was a tiny bit silly, but at the same time, I do understand why they would use something like that as a sort of device, communication device. Yeah. So to me, like, it's less silly the more you think about it. It just kind of, <laughs> in the actual movie, though, it's kind of just like, all right, we're just playing musical notes here. You <laughs> like, made the comment that, like, it was in the 70s, so, you know, the technology was, wasn't was there to do some scenes that I'm sure he wanted to do. And, like, maybe that was a way of filling, kind of filling it in, mm. like, the storyline, like, to make the contact make sense. Hmm. I, you know what I mean? Perhaps. Because even the ships flying over and stuff, it's like, you know, gr- amazing for the time. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, he actually didn't have, like, the CGI technology wasn't where he wanted it to be. That's why they used a, a real model ship. Right. right. Like, they constructed it. And they Old did school. the same. It was the same as, like, Star Wars. Totally. Stuff like that. But Which is pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Old school movie making, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, well um, that pretty much brings us to the end here. I think so, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we want to know what you guys think of this movie. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and just think of abduction, contact of the third kind, fourth kind. We, maybe we should cover... Oh, yeah. Fourth kind. Sure. Um, well, actually, just get at us with your favorite UFO movies, alien definitely. movies, and perhaps we'll cover them coming up. Yeah, we should just have a, a UFO alien movie well, you know summer what? marathon. Um, <laughs> July 2nd is actually like, na- it's like National UFO Day or something like what? that. Um, no way. Uh, Matt posted in our Strange Room forum on Facebook, Ooh. which you guys should all go check out, um, Straight Up Strange Productions, and we have a really cool group in there. We also have our Into the Portal group as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. So please come join us on the uh, Into the Portal forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, email us your movie ideas, into the portal mailbox at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And this week we have a little bit of a different format. <clears throat> for the regular episode. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, we have a really cool one that we're prepping uh, for next week. So you guys are going to get back-to-back episodes. But this week, it's not going to be on our regular feed. What we've done is we had a really cool little interview with Jennifer from Vanished, mm-hmm. uh, Amelia Earhart. So we did a really cool episode with Chris Williamson from Chasing Earhart way back in the day. You guys will remember. Yep. So we did this awesome little follow-up, some really great info on Buka and some mm-hmm. some the update on the, the case of Amelia Earhart. Yep. So that's going to be free for everybody on our Patreon. So everybody can hop over to Patreon and check mm-hmm. that out. Yep. There's no tiers or a fee or anything. Nope. So you guys can just kind of see our page there and you can catch us this week over there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, other than that, oh shoot, I thought I had some, oh, oh, our, our patrons. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we actually have um, some new swag, we got some new stickers, some new magnets, because I think magnets were the consensus amongst yeah. the patrons, so yeah, we got some awesome UFO magnet. Yeah, UFO <laughs> magnet, perfect for right now. That's awesome. So we'll be sending those out this week, um, we appreciate the patience, yeah. like, it took us a little while. Um, we had some back order from Sticker Mule. We there. did, yeah. We were waiting on stickers, and we got mm-hmm. shut down from sending pins across the border. So <sighs> thank you for your patience, you guys. We appreciate you all so, so much, yes. all of our patrons and all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. We love you guys. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate you coming and chilling with us every every week to two weeks. Totally. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to this Film Friday. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, until uh, until next time on Into the Portal. Your gateway to the bizarre.
This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.